Hey, this is Alan Troutman, and you are listening to WithoutYourHead.com. I don't know how you can listen without your head, but there you are. station of decapitation without your head i'm nasty neil and i'm joined by barry bostwick and it's very cool to have you here hey neil oh wait a minute i i not i got i have a phone call let me turn it off all right in fact let me turn the whole thing off because i'm talking to a very important person neil yeah six yeah we're here for six weeks of the werewolf for fdr american badass which is honestly not just here it's uh, one of my favorite movies I think it's hilarious. Well, I'm glad, yeah. And it's the only werewolf movie I've ever done. That's true. That's true. How did you, know? you get involved in it? Because I just I assume it, when you see the script, what, do you, what goes through your mind? Because it's a very bizarre movie. Uh, it, well, to me, it's not bizarre. To me, it, it's just right in my wheelhouse, you know, to be able to. Also, uh, it, it was, it, it, first of all, it was just funny. And it was rude and it was crude and it was um, going to be done in like eight days. And I had nothing else to do for that week and a half. And uh, uh, and I thought that uh, I thought that it was really uh, something different and something clever for me. I mean, I, I I I didn't do any research other than listen to one recording of FDR, you know, when I got that pop, that, that whatever his voice was, you know, uh, listening to one recording and the rest of it, well, we just uh, we just shot on the fly, you know, and and and, and I love to work like that. I love just uh, 
I love doing one take, moving on, and whatever we got, we got, and it uh, it was um, it, it it was a fun experience. It you know when you got only eight people on the crew, half people have never held a boom before or anything before. It was you you didn't you never got nervous you know as an actor thinking that oh the crew is uh, sitting there you know judging me and I'm holding things up or whatever you know I felt yeah. um, I felt that uh, everybody was there just to have a good time and um, and I loved I loved every minute of it. When oh, you said it, when you said it, yeah, when when you said it's in your wheelhouse, it's definitely my kind of humor. Because everyone plays it like deadly straight, over overly serious, and it's very just silly, and it's just uh, it's definitely my kind of uh, movie. Well, and, and he cast it so well because oh, everybody yeah. was on the same page in terms of style. You know, that's the hard part about those kinds of films is that uh, if 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 not doesn't everybody has to understand uh, the reality of it and and just let the absurdness of the story take over and, and, and be the energy of it. It, uh, you know, if we had commented on it too much, it wouldn't have been funny. It wouldn't have, it's similar to Rocky Horror. You know, if we had, we tried desperately not to comment on the, on the, you know, on the script, we just tried to play the reality of the characters as best we could. And, and it has to do with, all of these directors who understand this genre, you know, guiding everybody in, in, in the same direction, you know? So uh, that's, that's, I, I'm amazed that these things ever turn out as good as they do, you know, they, because of the, but, but this one uh, uh, FDR was because it was so short in terms of shooting it. And we didn't have time to screw around too much other than just play with the script and uh, just play with the characters. We didn't, uh, you know, there weren't a lot of midnight meetings going, well, should he really say, uh, you know, fuck polio, you know? Uh, no, I mean, that's what we did. And, you know, and we improvised some of it, but m most of it was actually in the script. Mm -hmm. Along those lines, do you think you can o ever overthink a movie then, or like a script? And that, oh. that could actually take away for, from it. Oh, yeah. You, yeah, you can overthink it easily. I mean, it, uh, I've done things where I've, you know, watched the dailies and, uh, of it, and then I'll, the next day I'll go in and I'll go, oh, I, no, I, that wasn't quite nuanced enough, you know, the character or whatever, and, uh, and I would... Uh, I would create uh, trouble for myself because I just wasn't trusting my instincts. I, um, yeah, no, you can get, you can get into real trouble with, with taking it all too seriously. And I don't like, you know, you won't see me do a, you won't, you won't be watching me do that. The next film version of Hamlet, mm -hmm. you know, unless it's called Spamlet. Mm -hmm. now, now, now we've got something Spamlet. Uh, well, actually, I, I did I, years ago, back in the 60s, I did a, a Broadway production of Hamlet when I was with a, a group, uh, a repertory group called the APA Phoenix Repertory Company. And it was, uh, I played uh, oh, the ghost of, of Hamlet's father and I played Osric and 
um, and it was uh, it was a bit ill conceived because that was one of the reviews was Spamlet. It they called it. It's not really Hamlet. It's more like Spamlet. Uh, along those lines, and uh, how did you get into? <clears throat> what made you want to pursue acting to begin with? Did you like I'm going to become a serious actor and do Hamlet, or what were your goals? Always like I want to do you know these weird comedy things. No, I just wanted to, uh, I just wanted to show off, you know, <laughs> I just wanted to sing and dance and uh, uh, go down in one and have everybody adore me. And, and, um, and, and, and it worked uh, for a while, you know, and then I got bored with it. And in terms of uh, theater, for instance, where, you know, you go out every night and you just can't wait for the audience to, you know, to applaud and laugh and goof ah. And um, uh, now whenever I do something on stage, which is very seldom other than just a reading or something, I almost get a little embarrassed during the curtain call because it's like, uh, I'm, I, I don't think I'm there to impress really. I'm there to sort of do justice to the script or, uh, you know, support the other actors and, um, you know, that whole that whole, I don't know. I'm, I'm just not, I, I, I'm over that, you know? I, and, and so therefore these things like uh, FDR, I can use the energy and I can use the, my uh, weird sense of humor and I never have to take a curtain call, you know? You said you guys like all played with the script. So were a lot of the lines just made up at the time or was everything, you know, in the script? much of that was in the script it, which, which attracted me to it you know the 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 shut the fuck up einstein things like that you know the 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 lines where i attack um eisenhower you know the, these 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 are wonderful moments uh because they're just out of out of the blue they're just you just you're so un, unanticipated all of that stuff and also there was uh, maybe it was just a promos or something. Uh, he had me sitting in my wheelchair there, just uh, spouting off uh, things that were contemporary in relationship to you know words that were relationship to the the history of the piece, and and I didn't know half the things he wanted me to say, you know, I because I didn't understand the sort of hip hop uh, vernacular and. Uh, and 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 that was one of the things that sort of attracted me to it. It was, it was it was just strange and 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 something that I had never done before uh, in terms of all of that. And um, yeah, Ross Ross who direct who actually wrote it. He didn't direct this one. He's directed other ones that I've done for him. But uh, Ross Patterson, talented guy, and. Um, uh, loves uh, loves uh, d- d- dirty lines. <laughs> and he's excellent at them. Which uh, you mentioned other hey. movies. He also did Helen Keller uh, versus the Night Wolves. That one he directed. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and I did that one with him, and it was um, it it was good, but it just wasn't as good as FDR. I I didn't think, but it that was. You know, those things, those are hard to, to do because they're basically one joke movies. You know, once you get it, get it, uh, 
there's there's no real depth i mean it's it it can get very flat i mean rocky horror was that sort of too i mean about two-thirds of the way through it, if you just look at the movie, it sort of dies for a while until you get into the, into the floor show. And um, a lot of the reviewers at the time mentioned that. Um, and that's why, in, in a way, I had a song called Once in a While in, in Rocky Horror that was, was excised from the final movie because it just slowed what was already a slow phase of the movie down. And, um, um, yeah, so, you know, these are, these genre films are, it takes a, it takes a a very witty, uh, uh, depraved human being to come up with them. Uh Something to me that really stands out about FDR too. You mentioned the cast, but it's a primarily a veteran cast. And mm-hmm. uh, which you don't really see a lot in movies, honestly. And uh, they all work well t- together. And they're almost all people you recognize from other things. And something that you said, I didn't really think about at the time, but everyone's on the same page, the same style. And that really just, everyone blends well together. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and also you, you knew if you were in a scene with somebody that they understood it. They understood the, the, the style and they understood the tone. Uh, and um, uh, those movies are hard to not overact in, you know, they're, because they just call for it. And you, you, you have to really hold yourself back from commenting on that's already a comment, you know, it's a, it, um, it, it's what happens with uh, Rocky uh, when it's done on stage. Uh, sometimes the, the the people have now taken the characters way too cartoony and way too over the top. And, um, and it, um, well, it's the same thing with Greece. I did Greece originally on Broadway when, and cons- the, 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 the productions of it since then, uh, they get, uh, bolder and bolder and uh, more caricature and uh, 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 not quite so authentic. I don't know. It's uh, and, and I, I understand everybody wants to, when they do a part like that, they are, everybody wants to bring something fresh to it or something new to it, something of their own. Um, uh, whether you're directing it or whether you're acting in it. And, um, uh, but those Grease, Rocky, Horror, they, they, they are standalone kind of, uh, you have to do it the way it was done. It, it's expected. It's expected of it. Uh, um, uh, yeah. So You've had to have seen uh, Rocky so many times with, you know, people doing the, the live shadow cast. Do, do yeah. anyone ever ask you like for advice, how to play your character? No, it's funny. No, yeah. nobody's ever really asked me. I mean, everybody, uh, there, uh, of course, when I show up, you know, every, everybody who plays Brad is always a little nervous, you know, to be doing it in front of me. And, uh, um, it's, 
it's 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 very difficult what they're doing. I'm I couldn't do it. I mean, once I think at one show showing years ago, somebody the cast said, "Would you come and play Ralph Hapshat?" You know, in the marriage scene, you know, and come up and just you know do his character. And I said, oh, yeah, "All right, I'll do it." I got up there and I, I didn't. I couldn't do it. I didn't. I, I didn't know what his moves were. I didn't know when he talked. I didn't know his blocking, and um, uh, I never did it again. I, <laughs> I would never. These guys, I mean, that's a special talent to be able to uh, visualize behind your back, you know, uh, yeah. what's really going on. And uh, when you think about how it was done originally back in the 70s when there was no VHS tapes, there was nothing. These kids, they either had to just go watch it 50 times uh well no, that's the only way they could learn it was they just had to actually go to the theater and watch it and then uh you know take their chances mm-hmm. um now that you've seen it so many times with people does are you just used to it or does, is it still weird to you know you're up there watching the movie you were in and people are, are you know acting along to it oh no it's because it's a whole different thing now i mean it's like a whole different entertainment it it, um, uh, I mean, sure, I watch myself on screen, but I don't, you know, I don't really, re- I don't relate to the to myself from almost well forty five years ago. I just, I, uh, I, I don't remember what I was thinking <laughs> when I did it. I don't. Uh, uh, and there's a few, there's a few moments in it. I. Uh, I, I cringe a little bit. I think if I was a little wiser, I would have probably played the lines a little differently or something. Or, I mean, if I had, uh, but uh, I, I think all in all, it, um, I, I still love watching it. I still see something new, even having seen it hundreds of times. Um, I, um, Actually, I saw an eight by ten. Where was it? Somebody it was on on eBay or something the other day, and uh, it was a long shot of the stage uh, when we did the floor show. And on the right hand side of the stage, on the left, are some sort of these weird kind of gargoyle kind of statues that are probably hiding speakers or something. And I, and I don't remember that. And I'd never seen that before in a picture. It's always, I'm always amazed by the, the set decorations and the props and how brilliant they are and how kitschy and how, how, uh, you know, it was just well, well, well thought out. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was talking to my friend Annabelle earlier, um, cause she's the one who told me to watch FDR years ago. She's like, mm-hmm. Neil, you're going to love this movie. She was right. Um, and she wanted me to ask you, do you think in the political climate we are today, if that movie could uh, could come out? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's always that kind of movie is always going to have an audience. You know, it uh, it. Um, well, first of all, when it was when we did it, uh, uh, Ross Patterson, I think he just gave it away to the Internet because he realized that every college was downloading it 
you know, illegally, because those were the days when you could do all that. I guess you can still do it. I don't know. But uh, and I, I think I think he mentioned something like it had been illegally downloaded over eight million times. And um, uh, so it it certainly wasn't a moneymaker for any of us. I, I've never received anything from it other than my hundred dollars a day or something or whatever we we made to make it. Um, but it. It's, it's funny. It's like it's Rocky Horror, and then if I go to a convention or something for Rocky Horror, there's always a group of people that come up and go, "Oh, FDR is my favorite movie." You know, "Oh, FDR, it's hysterical." "Oh, FDR is," uh, you know, and uh, and I love that. I, I love that it's something that's that's um, uh, I don't know that it, it's it attracts a whole audience a different audience uh for me uh on a on a you know monthly basis and uh rocky the audiences they keep getting younger and younger still i'm you know we're still like on our third generation and i can't wait for the second generation of fdr but the first generation has been a hell of a lot of fun yeah i'm one of those people at uh first time i met you was at um mad monster in seattle and I'm friends with the guy who runs it. And so he's being nice. He put our the Without Your Head booth between right next to you is next to the uh, the Rocky Horror people and next to uh, Fright Night uh, Reunion. He thinks he's being nice, but really that results in no one coming to my table and talking to me. But oh, a lot I'm of sorry. people are awkwardly standing and, in, in, you know, small talk. But I'm just kidding. Well, but it's, no, that, <laughs> that's a little bit similar to when I go to a convention and Meatloaf is there, you know, and Meatloaf's line goes out the door, you know, and I and I, I say to myself, wow, I was in this movie too, and then I realize, oh wait a minute, he was a huge rock and roll star, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, 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 but I love it when we all get together, when Meat and myself and Tim and the girls uh, will. Who was there in? It was you and the two girls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's tough to even to get us together uh, because they bring in uh, Nell from uh, Australia and Pat from London. It's uh, you know it's an expensive deal. And then if if Tim shows up, you know because of his illness, he, you know it's uh, it's difficult to to get him to one of these things. And Meatloaf is always busy. He's uh, yeah. working on something always, but. Uh, and Susan never, uh, we have, we don't see Susan. She loves it, but she does, she never shows up in any of these things. Uh, I'm going to try to ask some questions here from, uh, from the chat room and Facebook before I let you go here. Um, Melanie McCurdy asks, uh, going over the roles you've taken, is there anyone in particular that you regret agreeing to? Oh God. Um, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I, I, I mean, I always, everything I've taken either uh, maybe a thing called metal beast. I did <laughs> with Christmas money years ago. I did a, a Kane Hodder. You don't know who Kane Hodder is, you know, yeah. Kane played the beast metal beast. And uh, it was a, it was a pretty B low budget horror film. And uh uh, there are uh, few fans, let's put it that way, few fans of it, but um, 
it uh, maybe that's one. Uh, I, I don't know. I I always find something interesting about yeah. everything I do, or I wouldn't do it. Right. Uh, along those lines, um, last time I had you on, it was uh, for the movie The Field, which I really liked. This for people who haven't seen it, it's a sci-fi movie, and you mentioned that you you know you get offered a lot of things, and you know you know if you're tattooed, it has this you know it'll bring in a certain people. So what goes into like uh, what roles you pick? Uh, usually, uh, you know, if there's one scene, one scene that has something that I'm challenged by, um, is, is I can I can play around with the rest of it. But if there's one scene in it that goes, oh well, that interests me. That's different. I think, and and hopefully the the director, editor, whoever will. Um, uh, keep it in the movie, you know, and that they don't always, but uh, it, it's usually, it's usually one, one scene, you know, or it's what, what attracts me to it. Uh, uh, it's just one scene. I think, yeah, you know, it, it, seldom in the kind of parts, uh, you know, that I play these days is there is the whole thing, uh, exciting to me, but if there's one or two scenes, yeah, I, I, I anticipate that day or those days shooting that, uh, and and I try to build and construct my performance leading up to it, and then deflating from it or having it change the projectile of my character. Uh, this is a good uh, Bob Rose. Uh... Was your snowballing descent into madness performance in Weekend at Bernie's 2 inspired by anything in particular? Uh, <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's 2. Uh, no, I think that was pretty much all in the script. I, I, uh, I probably, um, I probably had a tendency to, overinflate the drug aspect at the end where I got real stoned from it. And uh, I think I ad lib something in the car, like you got your bag or something after they had shot me up. Um, and uh, no, you know, that was, that was, uh, that was fun because it was a, a month in St. Thomas and uh uh, it was a, a beautiful shoot with uh, really nice people, and I love the guys who were working on it. And I, I like playing th that kind of uh, bad guy, where I also uh, can look uh, for some physical comedy. And I tried to find some physical comedy with that, and uh, it gave me a, a certain uh, breadth and width to to, and maybe that's you know, the, the whole submarine scene and, uh, and then getting shot up at the end. Um, uh, those, yeah, those were, those, those, that was a happy time. I think I was just off a Broadway show or something, maybe, and uh, Nick and Nora or something that would have, was a, was a total flop. And I just wanted to get away. And I think it was a perfect month or month and a half in a tropical setting uh, to, uh, you know, just to have some fun. 
I'll uh, ask a couple more here. Baz uh, Morris, uh, what kind of underwear do you actually wear? For people who don't know why he's asking this, if you've ever met met uh, Barry at a convention, he always has his underwear in a in a display from from Rocky Horror, not not just because he's like a right, right, right. Well, you know, it's I'm I'm one of the few sort of uh, actors, celebrity kind of people who can uh, sell their underwear at conventions or online on my website. Uh, I just got a website, BarryBostwick.com, and I'm selling my underwear on my website and, uh, you know, all this other kind of paraphernalia and uh, typical things that actors have on websites. But uh, (laughs) I've tried this, too, but I'm not any luck with it. No, no, of course. Who wants to buy your damn underwear? You know, (laughs) I mean, it it works for me. And it's um, it all came from years and years ago. Uh, I was. I think it was a Tiffany theater in Los Angeles. They invited me down there and they presented me with a gold album. It's when we went gold and uh, I gave them a pair of underwear signed to the cast and to the theater. And over the years, I didn't even think about it. Then I thought a few years ago, I thought, Hey, that, that was sort of fun. You know, maybe because some of the cast members remembered it from years and years later at the Tiffany and and they said, Oh, we loved it when you gave us the underwear and blah, blah. And so I thought, well, maybe I'll just sell some underwear at conventions and see how it goes. And I got to tell you, it's the funnest thing, you know, for me to pull out a pair of underwear I bought from target, you know, and signed, uh, you know, damaged, uh, what's her name, Robin or somebody, you know, I love you on it. And, uh, uh, and if somebody's, you know, walking by and we're just screwing around, I'll go, hey, you want to buy my underwear? <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it, it's, it's nothing my family is very proud of, but uh, I, I have a great time with it. Yeah, I think it's very fun as well. Uh, I'll ask one more here. Zerp L. Hayes, because that's a great name. I assume that's his real name, Zerp. Did you really enjoy Lemon Pepsi? Hope that's a backstory. Oh, 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 oh yeah, Pepsi, whatever that was. No, I never drank that crap. You know, it was, it was uh, what was it? Uh, Pepsi. Uh, he says it's lemon light. Pepsi. Is it lemon Pepsi? That's what he says. Uh, According to Zerp. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not sure it was lemon. I I, I don't know. I, I got cast in that commercial because it was it, it, it was a uh, it was a run on Barry's. You know, and, and ended with Barry Bostwick. I think they couldn't get Barry Manilow, so they got me. And then, uh, you know, it was uh, uh, Pepsi. It was uh, it was funny. And then they then they changed the tagline after we made it, where the the guy who was talking to us says, uh, "Who's Barry Bostwick?" And that was like the last line in it, and that wasn't in the script. And um, I, I was offended by it. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so I, I, I told him, you know, you can't use that unless you pay me more money. <laughs> so they paid me more money. And I said, I swallowed my pride, you know, for an extra couple of grand, you know. But that's, uh, that's, that's show business. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, I, I like the idea that if we can't get Manilow, get, get us Bostwick. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm going to say that's how you got FDR. 
Yeah. I, I don't think they offered it to anybody else. No. And I didn't uh, even audition for it. I think that, you know, I got it two days before they started shooting. Yeah, honestly, not to see you here. I can't imagine anyone else playing the role. Uh, I really love the movie. And I, I want to thank you for doing this. It's been a lot of fun. Hey, well, thank you, Neil. This has been fun. And uh, best of luck with this. And I'll see you at another convention, and we'll talk yeah. more about any of the weird and wacky things that uh, hopefully I'm up to. I got a movie. I just finished a Netflix film, uh, a Christmas movie, um, single all the way with uh, Michael Yuri, who plays my son in it. And it's a, it's a, it's like a rom-com. Uh, it's like a gay rom-com romantic comedy. And it's, it's, it's really quite funny. And uh, uh, we just shot it in Montreal. I don't know. Very I guess cool. it's a Christmas. It'll be a Christmas. It's a Christmas movie, but you know, Christmas movies now come a lot, come out in July. So who yeah. knows? You you could see it in a month and a half. But uh, well, well thanks. Yeah, thank thanks. you. And people can also check out inside the uh, the extra oh, inside studio. the extra studio. We're on our third season, or at the end of our third season, and I think it's hysterical. I agree. I think it's a web series, and uh, yeah, ch- check it out. It's it's. It's very clever. And again, it's sort of, uh, you know, it's sort of sideways. And I like sideways. You know, I'm a sideways kind of guy. I love it. Yeah. Very good. All right. Well, thank you. Have a good rest of the day. And you too. See you later. See you. Thanks, everyone, for watching. From ancient terrors to the search for modern day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. The tomb of Nick Cage. Find out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Tomb of Nick Cage. The